Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cost of Glory, where it is our mission to retell the lives of the great Greek and Roman heroes in order to sharpen ourselves for the present and the future. Once again, a reminder, if you haven't done so yet, do be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you like this stuff. It really helps us to uh, grow what we're doing, help other people to find what we're doing here. Also reach out to me at alex at ancientlifecoach.com if you are interested in learning ancient Greek, the first language of Plutarch, and also the second language of most of the Romans in his biographies, even if some of them, like Cato the Elder or Gaius Marius, wouldn't like to admit it in public. Marius, episode one, by the way, should be live in two weeks. Now, I've been reading this essay of Plutarch's, his letter to Apollonius, a friend who has lost a son. And in the course of consoling his friend, Plutarch brings in a passage from Homer's Odyssey. And he wants Apollonius to remember something that Odysseus said in the poem. So just to set the scene for you, this quote from Odysseus, it's towards the end of the epic. Odysseus, the hero of the story, he's been away from home for 20 years, fighting the Trojan War. He's finally returned to his homeland, but his house itself is infested with these local princes, these guys who are trying to woo his wife, Penelope. But she's been faithful all this time. Uh, she's been attending to all of these rude house guests, though, with great patience. And Odysseus doesn't know how long she's going to hold out. And he's at risk of losing everything. And he's just one man, and there are dozens of these suitors who are certainly hoping the master of the house is dead. And so he puts on this disguise, and he goes into his own household, into the courtyard, disguised as a beggar. And he goes around, talking to these suitors. He's scoping the place out, plotting how he's going to take back his home. And it's going to get ugly. But for now, most of these young men are just kind of treating him contemptuously. They're making fun of this beggar from out of town. And one of them throws a chair at him. But he gets into a conversation with one of the suitors, who's kinder than the others. And he kind of tries to warn him. And here's what Odysseus says. I'm reading the Lattimore translation for you here. <clears throat> so he says, Amphinomus, you seem to me very prudent, being the son of such a father, whose excellent fame I have heard of, Nisus, that is, of Dulichion, both strong and prosperous. They say you are his son, and you seem like a man well-spoken. So I will tell you, and you in turn understand and listen. And right here is where Plutarch picks up the passage for his friend Apollonius. Of all creatures that breathe and walk on the earth, there is nothing more helpless than a man is of all that the earth fosters. For he thinks that he will never suffer misfortune in future days while the gods grant him courage and his knees have spring in them. But when the blessed gods bring sad days upon him, against his will he must suffer it with enduring spirit." For the mind in men upon earth goes according to the fortunes the Father of gods and men day by day bestows upon them. And that passage is in book 18, if you want to look it up. So Odysseus, trying to warn Amphinomus, a more decent man than the rest, 
He goes on a little bit after that. You know, I used to be like you once. I was a proud young man and so on. And his message is, you're glad now. You're having a good time. But remember, people suffer. Odysseus may be nearby, and I hope you're not here when he gets here. And it's interesting, Odysseus, a famously good communicator, he's talking to this proud young man and hoping that he can get him to sober up and realize he's actually being a very bad guest, just associating himself with these suitors, allowing himself to be seen with them is bad. And he starts, in this speech we just heard, by saying, you know, I've heard you're a decent person, and so on. But then he actually turns to his specific message by pointing out that you never know what you're going to get in life. People act like what they're going through is the permanent state. And that's especially dangerous when you're feeling really lucky, like you're a big winner. It's like Odysseus knew that if he had any hope of reaching this flourishing young man, he had to bring pain and suffering to his mind or the prospect of it. And it's actually the pain and suffering here of basically all humans that Plutarch wants his friend Apollonius to focus on. He's maybe trying to get him to call examples to mind, and he's suggesting that there's a sort of redemptive power to it, maybe, It's a well-worn theme, isn't it? The ancient Greeks had an expression, pathe mathos, learning comes through suffering. It's there in a lot of Greek tragedies in various forms. And it's easy to point that out, but the hard thing for us is really to reprogram our minds to actually look at suffering in those terms when it comes to us, when it counts. Because we can read that kind of sentiment in books or hear it in popular moralizing tens of thousands of times but not really apply it. We can even agree with it and not apply it. It's not loss or pain or suffering that makes us good. It's the actual response that we choose in the moment when it comes. It's facing those things with courage and resolution. Pain and suffering can sober us up. Plutarch is giving his friend an opportunity to let his loss sober him up towards life when he's ready. And it can work on us even when it's others who are experiencing misfortune and we are just the friend or the observer. Odysseus was trying to use his own pain and the general pain of humanity to sober up this young suitor he was talking to. It didn't work though. The kid walked away, shaking his head. His heart saddened within him, but he just kept doing what he was doing. The choice is ours. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. Stay ancient. Until next time, this is Alex Petkus.